Welcome to I'm in my 20s, the podcast where we get real about making the best of our 20s through candid and honest conversations. What if tomorrow I broke my leg or I broke my arm and I can't do the job that I did? I'm at so much risk, right? Because everything I work for, all the education, at that point, it doesn't matter. But on the other hand, your investments, they don't have emotion, right? They grow or they, or they decline based on the world, not because of you. Hey, and welcome to Lucky Number Episode 8. Today, me and my friend Vittorio talk about personal finance in our 20s. He gives a lot of great insight about investing, making money, etc. We talk about how we manage our own money, and we also talk about our mindset towards pursuing financial freedom. I hope you guys learn as much as I did in this conversation. Let's get started. Hey guys, today I'm with my friend Vittorio, and we're going to be answering your questions about personal finance. (laughs) Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Okay, so Vittorio, why don't you start by um, giving an introduction of like who you are? Yeah, for sure. So just like Meg, uh, I go to UBC, and we both study commerce. Solder Um, snakes. Yeah, solder snakes. Uh, Currently, like a fourth year, so really getting up there on the senior stage. Um, so, I mean, today we're talking about a really interesting topic, which is, you know, personal finance, which I'm sure, as you all know, we've probably thought about it at one point or another. Um, so kind of my small background, I really like uh, art and design, like that's kind of where I started, but eventually I pivoted toward finance because I realized that it's, it's actually a really creative field when you start to explore its nuances. And I think personal finance is something that we usually don't get enough of in school. Like there is no school that teaches you about how to like, I guess, manage your savings or like manage your investments. Um, And that type of stuff is things that we have to consider, but we never get taught it. So I think it's great Mm -hmm. that we're talking about it today. That's well said. That's interesting that you said there's like some creative nuances in finance. I mean, mean, it's hard for me to like find that bridge, but maybe you can enlighten us a bit (laughs) with your knowledge today. No, no, everyone, everyone has their doubts in the beginning when i say that yes 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 and also also vittorio has worked at some banks so you know he he knows his stuff better than most of us do i think yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but also like disclaimer at the beginning is that we're both also just like students and we're both in our fourth year and stuff so obviously we're not giving like professional finance advice so if you do take our advice and you like lose like a few thousand dollars please don't blame it on us no absolutely like take this with like a entertainment perspective we're here to just kind of say like what we do and what we think could be good strategies but at the end of the day it's really for your entertainment and we hope you enjoy totally and also like just by sharing our how we manage our money hopefully it'll just like kind of help you guys kind of guide the way that you think about your money too so yeah. yeah let's let's do this bitters so <laughs> with the questions um so i asked on instagram for some questions that you guys had about money and you guys actually submitted some very interesting topics so today we're going to be going over stuff that's related to how to save money as well as where to invest and put your money and then last of all we want to talk a lot about our own personal experiences with how we manage our money ourselves and like our guilty spend and all that fun stuff so Let's go into the savings related questions first. Now, since we're in we're in a crisis right now with COVID, <laughs> I'm already sick yeah. of hearing the word COVID because it's like oh, all that people yeah. talk about. 
Apparently, right? it's it's one of the words that YouTube doesn't want you to hear right now. So everyone has Dude. to say the pandemic <laughs> or like oh, the situation. <laughs> Dude, yeah, seriously. But it is something that we still have to address head on. So one of the questions that you guys submitted was, what are the best ways to make or save money during COVID? So I guess, how are we managing our finances during COVID? What do you think? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, for me personally, I think COVID is one of the best times really to save money because naturally you're just saving money from not going out. A lot of the personal expenses that you had in the beginning, they're just gone, right? But the second part, I think, is the more interesting part. It's like, how do you actually make money or prepare for when COVID's over? How are you going to be better prepared? To, to exit. Um, and one of the things that I realize a lot of students are doing right now is going on Udemy or going on YouTube and really picking up a new skill that they never had the chance to learn. I think this is one of the only scenarios where you're getting so much screen time at home just because you have that extra, you know, probably six, seven hours each day. Um, and mm -hmm. it's really good to just take advantage of that time. And it might not seem obvious why just a small skill would add up in the future. Uh, but trust me, it's kind of like an iPhone when you're upgrading your camera and you're upgrading your screen. Uh, eventually, that iPhone is going to become more expensive, just like we've seen. Yeah. Um, and it's just same with you, right? As long as you build out your portfolio, Portfolio. You maybe like work on a website, you might build up your Instagram, your personal brand, etc. Like, I guess every follower or every small skill you learn, it, it's going to add up. And I think that's probably one of the best ways to save during COVID is to invest in yourself. Wow, couldn't have said it better myself. I totally agree with that. I think I'm really taking COVID this time as like an opportunity because sometimes you think like time is money, right? And right now Absolutely. during COVID, we have most of us, like as students, we probably have more time than we did ever did before because we don't have to go out. We're not spending money on food. And maybe some of us like are out of jobs or we're taking classes from home and stuff. And now that summer is coming around, we probably all have even more time. So we kind of treat this time as money at the same time. So using that time to invest in ourselves and better ourselves so that in like maybe next year when everything is back to normal, um, all of this will actually translate into money or into wealth exactly. and other forms for our lives. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, like even if it doesn't transform to money, it's like you're taking advantage of the time and, and you learn something and hopefully enjoy that process. So either way, it's a win-win, even if it doesn't pay off in the end. Mm -hmm. So speaking more on the technical of just saving money, what do you recommend people do if they just have a large like buildup of money, maybe just in a bank account just sitting there and they don't know what to do with it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, in terms of saving money, like probably your bank has a lot of different offerings for you, uh, such as a certificate of deposit, a guaranteed investment certificate, a savings account. Uh, you have potentially you could put money into a TFSA, an RSP. Like there's a lot of things you can do. And there's really a, a useful skill to understanding like the fundamentals of where you could put your money. For one, you have to determine like how risky you are, uh, whether or not you want that money to just be more stable, which is kind of like the definitive definition of saving is that, yes, the money grows a little bit, um, but you're not looking for, I guess, a huge doubling of your money in one year. That's not your goal. Mm -hmm. And in that case, I think the best way to do it is one, either through a guaranteed investment certificate where you probably get around two and a half percent of interest a year. Or you could go for uh, a savings account, which I personally wouldn't recommend at the moment, just because the interest rate is, <laughs> I think, 0.05%. So mm -hmm. realistically, if you put in $100, you're going to get like pennies back in a year. Right. 
Um, so that's probably not the best way to go. Um, and since we're on the topic of saving, I guess I'll just go over like the lower risk types of investments. You could yes. buy like a money market fund, or you could buy uh, like a like a bond index. Which bonds are typically like a like a, I guess a safer way to invest. It's kind of like a stock, but um, it's another alternative form that the government of Canada deems as regarded as safer investments. So government bonds would probably be a really good way to put money away from your checking account and at least be growing a little bit while you're going to guarantee that it's going to be safe for the long run. Mm. Um, okay. I guess one more tip I like to bring up is like using mint. So in the past few months, like I've been having way more time to kind of think about like personal finance and like, I just wanted to know like exactly where all the money is. Cause sometimes you open a bunch of different bank accounts and you have no idea uh, where everything is. Uh, one thing you can do is download mint and connect all of your Canadian banks or brokerage accounts and it puts it all into one place so with it when you open your app and it's all connected you can see where all your expenses are uh how much you've been spending relative to each month and as well as mm -hmm. where all your money is both in checking savings investing etc yes so, so i love that, that that's kind of like that's kind of like what i've been doing so far okay perfect yeah i use mint too i highly recommend the mint app yeah, it really like kind of puts things into perspective and also like when you spend a big sum of money mint like gives you a notification so that when you see it on your phone it, you're like oh okay i spent that much and now you're like more aware of it rather than just swiping your card and not actually seeing the number come up on your phone right so yeah i think having apps like that really help helps you like become just more like aware and conscious of where exactly your money is going and yeah it's super helpful for like budgeting too so that kind of ties into the the idea of just like budgeting and stuff like do you budget and like if so like how do you budget Ooh, that's a good question and, and to be honest like up until this point i haven't really thought about like uh, keeping a percentage of my my salary as like savings just because we're all still students and personally for me so far every time I have to choose between like skipping on a meal like going out with friends versus actually saving my money personally I would go with going out on the meal at this point in time mm -hmm. just I think Same, the trade-off is worth it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um but in the future, I think it's recommended that you probably like whatever money that is left over from your core expenses, you'd like to keep like probably at least 30 to 35% is a pretty healthy amount of like your monthly income and, and ideally more. But um, at, at the minimum, you want to do that because you want to have some form of money to invest as well as some to save for retirement. I think that's just kind of like for, for most people that's not like an entrepreneur or looking for really quick growth, that's probably the best way to go. Okay. And how do you go about like the technicals of like budgeting? For example, like would you use a spreadsheet? Are there any other mm. kind of apps or um, you know tools that you recommend yeah um well i guess in the in the recent month i, I recently made a like a spreadsheet that connects all of the different um, bank accounts that my parents and well as myself have just because you know we're kind of getting older and i think it's important to have that talk of your parents as well just to see where exactly you guys are especially within covid and and personally i can say that both my parents are kind of like in trouble from covid in terms of like mm -hmm. the job scenario so i think it was more important than ever that i thought about like personal finance and how to manage that and one mm -hmm. way that i keep track of everything um not in terms of spending but in terms of how our money is growing or declining every day. 
uh, I made like a portfolio tracker that shows you, hey, every day, uh, today we made 1%, the other day it went out 2%. So it's kind of like tracking exactly whether or not you're on an upward trajectory or not. Um, and for mm -hmm. me right now, being, I guess, more of a millennial, uh, being pretty early on in the uh, adult cycle, uh, it's more important for me to see that my account is growing and not necessarily that I'm saving every percentage that I can. So that's what mm -hmm. I'm doing. Just a simple Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Gotcha. So for people, I I'm, I'm th think there's some people who literally like have not even ever touched a budget in their lives. Yeah. Um, I personally, I tried making a budget, but then I just, I tried to make it and then it just never followed through because I just got annoyed at like putting my numbers in and kind of keeping track of like where my money was going. So now mm. I just use the Mint app. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you ought to just like find a way that works for you personally. Like if you have a very busy life and you can't use an Excel workbook to keep things, keep track of things, that's okay. Use an app. Yeah, but no. if you want to get to the nitty gritties, like one of my friends, he actually tracks every single penny that he spends. Wow. So he keeps that's all amazing. of his receipts. Yeah. So he, he's in accounting. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. That's the perfect place to be. <laughs> but basically, um, while, while we were on exchange, he showed me his budget. And so he has a tab for every single month and every single month he breaks down every single expense by category. So for example, by food, retail, entertainment, et cetera. And then he has a category for his earnings, whether it's like um, hourly income or people paying him back, etc. So he breaks it down into type of expense and type of earnings. And then he tracks every single penny from every single receipt. So even if he bought candy for like $2 and 30 cents, he wow. would still put that in. That is he's amazing. Been keeping it up. Wow. Yeah, totally. I, I would say and, um, like one, one source that you could potentially use, like there's this quick uh, video on CNBC, it's called uh, Millennial mm -hmm. Money. Uh, yeah. and, it's, and it's actually really fun to see because uh, it shows you the breakdown of a monthly budget in terms of what a millennial would spend in a day. And mm. they have people of different income types. And I think mm -hmm. watching that, you'll be able to see kind of what people are doing well, not doing so well. And basically, mm -hmm. a budget is really simple because um, you have your typical monthly income. And all you have to do is take out any sort of payment that you would pay every month and realistically it's not that many things like you think about it if you're living mm -hmm. with your parents it's really only your uh food potentially your share of utilities maybe your phone bill your internet bill but it's actually like just like seven to eight items and that's your yeah. budget you're gonna know that every month you have x amount of dollars left in your bank account and that's your budget mm -hmm. because that's how much you have left to both spend or invest so just make mm -hmm. just like to be honest like you don't have to make budgeting a scary thing like it's really good to just be transparent with yourself to know like where you stand and and you can just kind of plan mm -hmm. around that yes that's perfect that's the important part is just being aware of your own money and not just I guess like neglecting it and just spending a ton and not knowing what your bank balance is. I think I definitely kind of had a, had that issue a while back where I would spend a lot on food and stuff and then I wouldn't check my bank account until maybe like two weeks later. And then when I check out, I'll be like, oh shit, like, like I no. spent like $300 on food. <laughs> like, oh, totally. I think totally and i feel yeah. like we all feel that honestly as like you know kind of the internet generation we go out a lot more than usual but which is a good yeah. thing and a curse as well <laughs> yeah it's a good thing and a curse and also like pure pressure of like sometimes you go out with a group and then they want to eat at an expensive restaurant and then you just end up spending it and then man food really adds up but anyways oh, i'm going really on a tangent no, <laughs> it's really all does. good don't worry 
yeah. um, the next thing is where do we put our money? So mm. how do you decide, first of all, how do you decide the right bank to go to? I personally, like, I'll just give my side right now. Yeah. I am personally not very good with finances. I've never really been good at the numbers side of things. So, and also investing and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm just not good at anything. So this <laughs> is honestly, I'm just like, not true. <laughs> this whole conversation, I'm just like learning from Vittorial as well. But I just use the first bank that came to mind for me, which is TD, which is literally like That's a block awesome. away from me. So for me, I just chose convenience as what was important right. to me. And so far, it has worked very well. But do you have any other tips for people on how they should choose what bank they should go to? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think even for me, as well as like pretty much every single person I know, it's based on convenience. And that's honestly one of the best choices you can make. Um, because essentially, you're storing your money in a bank for the sake of convenience and for the sake of access to all of its services, right? And if you're not close mm -hmm. to a retail branch and your closest branch to you is like 30 minutes away as opposed to maybe 10 minutes, makes a huge difference. The truth is with a lot of the, I guess, the multinational Canadian banks, so there's really only like five at the moment, all of those banks offer very similar products and services. The rates are relatively similar. You like, yes, there's some small differences here and there with like, maybe their product offering. But I think choosing for most people just the closest bank to you or the closest mm. credit union that's really accessible, both are really good options that um, I don't think you can go wrong with. Just don't go with mm -hmm. uh, one that's really, really small that only has a few branches, which would make it really inconvenient and is probably less reliable as well. Right. That's true. Convenience is huge because when I'm out and about, I want to be able to use my bank card at most places and be able to access bank services wherever I am. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's really there's really like a very simple answer to this. And it's just like which one's more convenient and which one has mm -hmm. the most branch locations that you would probably be able to access. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now the question is, how about credit cards? Because there are so many different Ooh, types of good credit question. cards, right? Good question. Yeah. yeah. And I myself am also struggling with this. Like I've just yeah. used a simple student cashback credit card and I recently Perfect. upgraded to one for travel. Oh, but nice. I've heard nice. there's, there's better ones. Um, yeah, I don't know. What yeah. do you think? Uh, well, so um, with credit cards, I think this is a really good topic. So uh, first of all, I just want to talk about like why exactly a credit card is important. Before, my mom was like, always put the transaction on the credit card. And, and in my head, mm -hmm. I was like, what's the difference? I'm paying with a debit card. It immediately goes out of my account. It's pretty much the same thing, right? I don't have to worry about paying bills. It's great. I'll just use my debit card. <laughs> but then what I realized is that there's something called a credit score, which a yeah, bank looks at you and he's like, hey is this person worthy of getting a loan or, or worthy of our services? Um, and this credit score is this one number in financial health that's probably the only one that matters is that if you have a really high credit score, you get access to a lower rate on a mortgage. You get access to better credit cards. Like you said, um, a lot of the myths are like debunked right from this number. Mm -hmm. And essentially the credit card is for you to build up a credit history. So every time you pay off your bill uh, every month, you're actually building up your credit history. And the credit bureau will look at you and say, hey, Meg has been paying her bills for five years. She's never missed a payment uh, and she always pays on time. She's not using too much money and we really like her. We think we can give her a mortgage because she's responsible. But if you didn't use a credit card and you just use cash or you just use your debit card, you don't get that advantage. So what I would say uh, for the first uh, part of the question is like always use your credit card when you can um, because one, you get rewards and two, you're building up your credit score. 
the second part is like what credit card is good for you uh, and realistically this answer is like really personal to you there's usually just two types one is the travel like you mentioned and the other is the cash back and it, and you have to like take a look at what each card offers um on mint actually they have a credit card uh, recommendation tool where they kind of look at your expenses and give you credit card recommendations based on that and for oh, me cool. for example because most of my expenses are at Loblaws because I need my groceries and um, <laughs> on like transportation, just like buying like a monthly bus pass in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. It's all of that type of expenses that like uh, a cash back credit card would be really, really good for because you tend to get two to 4% depending on, you know, which credit card you get. So cash back is really simple in the sense that you just have to spend money and you get a portion mm-hmm. back. And for me, I can say like, that's the better option. But for mm-hmm. example, uh, if you're going for a travel card, uh, sometimes they have bigger benefits if you spend money in a restaurant, for example. So it's it's really, really simple in the sense that you're just trying to look at the two credit cards, look at your own spending, and see which one gives you a bigger reward, uh, like a bigger monetary reward overall. Um, okay. And also, if you want the better credit cards, you're going to have to get a better credit score before they accept you. So it's really good mm-hmm. that you upgraded to a credit card, which probably means you're doing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. Um, I got a credit card the moment that I could. And yeah, definitely. I oh, that's that awesome. credit yeah. score. Credit score and everything is super important. Also, your credit limit too, right? Um, Absolutely. For example, like in the future, if you're thinking maybe two or three years from now, you want to invest in something bigger. For example, you want to move out and get your own place. You'll have to pay rent or maybe you're saving up for like a huge extravagant vacation or whatever ferrari or whatever and (laughs) it'll be like thousands right when you start off or your credit limit is probably Mm going to be lower so then you also have to work hard to build that limit up and that's why it's good to like get your credit card now so that you can build up that trust and then get that limit increased yeah exactly and and it gets easier and easier because you want to have as little credit utilization as possible so if you have five thousand dollars as opposed to a thousand dollar in credit limit if you spend two hundred dollars right you're going to have a way lower credit utilization you're going to look a lot more responsible if you have a bigger limit they'll be like oh he's not really using all of his limit and that's really really good so every time you get a credit limit increase request always say yes Mm, interesting i didn't know that Mm -hmm. that's pretty good yeah no i just learned that (laughs) last month (laughs) oh nice nice um another very specific question we got was what's the difference between credit unions and large multinational banks and how do you choose between them oh that's a really good question um so a lot of the credit unions in canada are actually really good so just kind of like van city or coast capital like kind of like the bigger brand names they also have a lot of branches you'll be able to access them but at the core the difference is that credit unions are non-profit and multinational banks are for profit um when you join a credit union you become a member of that credit union versus uh for a multinational bank which is like rbc td bmo like the ones that you know those ones you're a client so you're they're for profit you know you're a client of the bank you're buying their products etc within the credit union you're going to be um i guess what money you put in they're also going to reuse and distribute to other members of the bank and Mm -hmm. a lot of the services you'll realize that the credit unions have better rates because they are nonprofit. Uh, but the main disadvantage of credit unions is that in terms of capability 
capabilities of like loans as well as the comprehensiveness of their platform. So they might not have like a a brokerage platform in addition to all of their checking savings. Uh, I guess, RSP offerings, etc. So with a bigger bank such as RBC or TD, you'd be able to access this across Canada um, versus mm-hmm. like if you, let's say, look at like Coast Capital or Van City, it might be harder to find a branch. It might be less easy to get a loan for a really large amount. So it really, there's really no right answer for the two. It's just like, if you know where you're going to be in the recent, in the in the closer years, where the branches are, and whether or not the credit union can actually service all your needs, uh, because for mm-hmm. the most part, um, the bigger banks are a one-stop shop as opposed to credit right. unions where they might not have everything you need. But in return, you'll get a better rate on most products. That makes yeah. sense. But there is no there's so, no right answer though. I think for that. Right. Yeah. So what which one do you personally um, use, and why? Well, for me, the the decision was like extremely easy just because I work for a bank. So when you work for Mm -hmm. a bank, you get huge perks such as free, you know, credit card annual fees. Uh, You can access their their platforms for discount, better rates. So essentially... Time to work for a bank. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you work for a bank, they really do give you benefits. And in that case, going with the bigger bank uh, is is a no-brainer just because one, you have to. Honestly, you literally have to. (laughs) But two, they give you a lot of benefits for that as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. I, I, I like barely even knew what a credit union was. To be honest, like nope. I saw this question and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> nope. Like, what does this even mean? It's actually a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty important question, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's move on to a very interesting topic. I know you're pretty passionate about this. Investing. Mm. Investing your money. Ooh. That's, that's okay. A good one. That's a good one. Let's start. Start with a spicy question. Yeah. Someone asked, stock markets, do you trust or do you not trust them? And yeah, how do you deal yeah, with stock no, markets? No, for sure. Because I think when most people think about the stock market, they think about Wall Street. They think about how manipulated yeah. it is. It's owned by rich people, blah, blah, blah. The, the honest truth is a lot of, uh, I guess, where people put their wealth and put their savings into is into the stock market. And how you can think about the stock market is you're given an open opportunity to participate in the growth of companies, right? Whether that be Google or Walmart or Amazon, or even smaller companies that uh, want. So the, the companies that are listed on the stock market are essentially trying to raise money. And you are on the other end, giving the money for their raising in the hopes that the company grows and you're getting a chance to participate in that growth. That's how you can think Mm -hmm. of it. And realistically, like, yes, there's a lot of ups and downs, but if you stretch out the timeline to 10, 20 years, which investing should be a long-term activity, um, Mm -hmm. you're going to get, for example, the S&P 500, which has the 500 largest companies in the United States, you would have gotten around 8% a year even if you held it through the big crashes such as 2008. So when wow. you think about it that way, it's almost a, I wouldn't say it's a no-brainer because it's, it's certainly more risky if you need the money quickly. But if you're mm-hmm. thinking long-term, it makes a lot of sense to put your money into a simple index fund or go to your bank and say, how do I buy an index? They'll probably help you out with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the best ways that as younger people that we can invest uh, if we're mm-hmm. holding for a longer time period. And yes, I think it's something that has manipulation aspects, but that won't apply to you if you're long-term. 
if you're right. trading day by day, definitely you would have to, mm -hmm. I guess, seek out the more nuances. But if you're thinking long term, most companies go bigger in the long term, right? Like most mm -hmm. companies are not declining in the long term. And that's why on average, the stock market grows as well. So mm -hmm. in terms of trusting or not trusting, I don't really have an opinion on that. But I think the stock market is something that you shouldn't ignore because uh, you'd be ignoring a lot of potential benefit uh, on that. True. Just just to take a step back, um, what is yeah, an index sure. fund? Oh, yeah. No, that's a good question. So an index fund is something that tracks a stock market index. And an index is basically um, you pool together a bunch of different stocks, a bunch of different companies, and you put it all together in one metric. So when mm -hmm. an index goes up 10%, that 10% is because all of the companies within that index did really, really well. So that's why that index went up as well. So just think gotcha. about it as like a basket of different fruits. Uh, if gotcha. all of them uh, become more ripe, then then the index of fruits becomes more sweet. <laughs> I guess that's how you <laughs> can think about it. Um, wow, it's a great creativity. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about fruits maybe because like I'm hungry, but <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, the the index is just a great way to buy a whole mm. bunch of different companies in yeah. one purchase. It's okay. just bundling everything. Gotcha. And this might be a silly question, but like, yeah. what's the difference between an index fund and like mutual funds? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question, actually. So um, an index fund is typically not managed. So there's no real person behind it buying right. and selling stocks within that basket. That basket is fixed. And mm -hmm. once the bank creates that product, everyone pulls money into it. It doesn't ever change. A mutual fund, on the other hand, there's a fund manager behind it. And typically, they're going to charge you a higher fee for the fact that you're buying their service of picking stocks at different times to uh, hopefully get a return that's higher than the index. So most mutual mm -hmm. funds are actually trying to beat the index. So oh. when you're buying a mutual fund, the only difference is that it's managed by a person. The holdings mm -hmm. within that fund is going to change over time. Um, and it really is up to you if you believe that that manager is good enough to beat uh, the index over time. But both right. are, I guess, like both are investment tools. One is managed, one is not. That's really the main difference. Gotcha. And for both of them, you would go to your bank to ask them, right? Yeah. So you would need, uh, yeah, you would go to your bank or if you have a brokerage account, which means like a trading account, you can directly buy yourself. But I guess mm -hmm. both, both options work. Gotcha. Okay. Investing in stuff personally for me, it's like, it's like a scary thing for me because no, it is scary. I, yeah. yeah. That, that goes to the question, like how much research do you really have to put into this stuff be before you kind of invest? Like for example, mm. for someone like me who is very not knowledgeable about where the market's going, et cetera, and like kind of th doesn't want to spend time doing research on companies. How do you yep. think I should go about investing? Yeah, if you if you didn't want to do any research or you just don't have the time or think it's really scary, I think one of the best ways to do it is through the index fund because mm -hmm. essentially you're buying the entire stock market. So you're not buying right. a single company. So you don't care what one company does because you're buying the performance of basically the US economy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, in, and in that sense, uh, like I said, if you stretch out the timeline, you're going to do pretty well over time. Like you, you're not going to get like 100% in a year. 
that's for sure. But you're mm-hmm. also not going to go down a hundred percent in a year, which I think is really valuable as well. So mm-hmm. it's real. It's it's a really good peace of mind that if you just put money in and you can you just continuously put a little bit of money every month for maybe every year into these index funds, eventually you'll have a, a position that's big enough that actually is pretty significant. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yes, it's a really scary thing, but when you don't try to bet on separate companies like you're not trying to kind of find little nuances in the market and bet on those Uh, it's actually not very scary because it's 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 relatively safe you're not gonna see your investment go to zero within a week that's probably Mm. almost certainly never gonna happen oh wow okay that's good it's it's comforting it's also Mm -hmm. just taking a very long-term approach to it and thinking about I'm not trying to earn a bunch of money by the end of year it's more so you're investing your money so that maybe in like five or ten years you'll see like a lot of return no, from absolutely that, right? yeah that that's exactly what it is like the longer yeah. your timeline the safer it is mm, okay gotcha now on the other side what about for people who are impatient and let's say they want to invest because they want to earn money like they want to bet for on sure. different stocks for stuff. sure what is your take on that well my take on this is that it changes uh, with time. So currently right now, uh, you see the coronavirus uh, taking on a lot of different industries and certain industries are hit harder than others. Uh, let's say that one person wants to bet on the coronavirus not going away anytime soon. What you could do is you could buy the stocks that are resilient in terms of any sort of uh, I guess, downturn scenarios. So that would be kind of like your consumer staple stocks, such as like Procter & Gamble, where we always mm-hmm. have to buy laundry detergent. We always have to go to Walmart. So potentially you could buy Walmart, Coca-Cola, any sort of like uh, stocks that are relatively safe, no matter what, that would be a good mm-hmm. bet. Versus on the other hand, you think the coronavirus is overblown. You think the economy is going to go back soon? Well, buy the ones that are most hit hard. So, for example, your cruise lines, your airlines, mm-hmm. your 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 Boeing, Airbus, uh, a lot of the companies that have been hit just like 50-60%. And if you really mm-hmm. wanted to bet on, I guess, market news and market developments, um, you would have to put in the time, put in your research and... Uh, I guess, have the mindset that it's okay to be wrong because there is a chance that you will be every time. There's never something such as 100% when you're taking a bet. And certainly this is the type of, um, I guess, mentality that that is safer than just kind of putting all your money into one company. Um, You Mm -hmm. always have to kind of think that, hey, in the case that this goes wrong, will I be okay? And if you can't Mm -hmm. say yes to that, you probably shouldn't do it. Uh, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And also just taking out money from your bank, like not putting all your money, but making maybe just taking a small chunk and you're like, okay, this is the money that I'm prepared to put into the stock market and play around with. And then maybe having the mentality that once you take that money out for investing, you can be prepared to actually lose all of that if that does happen. So being prepared for the worst case scenario, right? Absolutely. No, I I think that's, that's, I couldn't have said it better. Just be prepared for the worst case scenario every single Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, totally. I actually have such a sad story with investing. Like, oh, remember, yes. like, well, you the... should share that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah share yeah. that. This was like, what, like two years ago? Like, when we got so hyped about like cryptocurrencies. And then I was like, dude, like, Vittorio's like making, making so much money from crypto. And I was like, dude, I'm going to hop on this wagon. And then I, I was like, yo, these coins are so cool. Like, they're so pretty. I'm going to like put $2,500 into like freaking, I don't remember. It was like some, some oh, dumb was, coin. It like was some crazy coin. 
Yeah, I don't remember the names. I don't remember the names, but they were they were <laughs> like basically cryptocurrency was going on this crazy craze where almost yeah. if you bought anything, it would yeah. go up a lot. Literally, um, dude. So yeah, like literally, yeah. like someone else I know <laughs> made like over ten thousand dollars. Wow, I don't know. I was just like. I was just like, dude, that could be me. That could be me. So I just put my money in without doing be, any yeah. research. And then I lost I lost it all. Like, I'm not even kidding. I legit lost like $2,000. And no, so that's... It's <laughs> a dangerous world. It really is a dangerous world in <laughs> cryptocurrency. But yeah. it's a good learning so experience too, right? Because totally. I, I also, yeah. like, as much as like I did make money, I also lost a lot of money as well. And mm-hmm. like from that, I realized like, yeah, definitely when it's too good to be true, usually there's some sort of mm-hmm. uh, truth to it. Um, totally. Like, actually, I, I would like to share like literally one of the exchanges yes. that I put money into. That exchange was closed uh, for like fraud. Like literally the owner oh ran God. away with the money. Uh, and to this day, <laughs> never got it back. So yeah, like be careful what where you hell? put your money. Like honestly. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, this definitely serves as a lesson. Like when things are too good to be true, like when you hear people around saying, "Oh, I invested in crypto and made like 20 grand and now I have a new car." You can't just like hop on and be like, "Oh, I can do the exact same thing and also exactly. get a new car." Exactly. Like there's always going to be you stuff might, in the back. But you also might not. <laughs> yeah, you might be like maybe that 10% or even 1%, but you also might not. It's like it's like how risky do you want to be with your finances, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, definitely. Yeah. And and one thing I like to think about is like whenever I'm entering into any trade or buying any investment, it's like, what are my odds of going up versus the odds of going down? Usually when mm-hmm. the odds are over 50%, I like to take the bet because it's just right. like over time, if you're winning over 50% of the time, you're growing. And that's realistically mm-hmm. what I care about in the long run. Exactly. Also just doing making decisions based on actual numbers and not just your intuition like maybe it's helpful yep. to calculate some like probabilities and stuff here and there you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that, that would be pretty uh, cool like i personally yeah. honestly i don't even do that but oh, yeah <laughs> but that is a good way to do it like i think some intense people not, probably do <laughs> and not uh, your head yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel that okay anything else we can talk about about uh, investing before we talk about more of our our personal experiences with with money I think we covered off like uh, most of it. I, um, I think like investing kind of just goes hand in hand with the savings, right? Because like some people don't are not as risky, so they don't want to put as much in the stock market. And it's absolutely mm-hmm. okay to keep it in savings. But if, for instance, you want to be more aggressive, your income, you want to bet on it growing in the short and long term, investing mm-hmm. will give you a better return in the long run. But you're just, I guess remember that if you put money into the stock market you are taking on a higher level of risk where in one year you can't guarantee that you'll have more than you started with but at the end Mm -hmm. of the day in 10 years you'll probably have more uh for putting it into the stock market right totally i would like to say again yeah the way we approach our finances a lot of it is also just our our mentality of it and going in with being prepared like emotionally mentally and everything for what we're yeah. getting ourselves into right and just doing the no, research totally. before just like yoloing it <laughs> so well, the thing is your emotions do get to you when you see like totally. real money moving up and down you're gonna you're gonna feel something like i promise you that you'll be like whoa mm-hmm. this is this feels weird like if it goes yeah. down a lot you'll probably feel bad you probably want to yeah. sell and that's all kind of part of the process uh totally eventually you start to to kind of control your emotions a bit better and that's when yeah. you start to see that you're going to be doing better yeah we've both been there we've both yeah, we've had both emotions been there. <laughs> <Things are funny. laughs> that's probably the craziest um two months in my whole university like I've never felt so uh, I oh guess like God. attached like I think 
Meg and I, we would be checking our phone to see the number yeah. buffing down like every five minutes. Oh, for crypto. Like, I think I opened the app so many times. Oh my God. Literally. <laughs> I still have like PTSD flashbacks from like checking yeah. my crypto. <laughs> yeah. No, it's oh like, yes, it's a lot of fun and it can be rewarding, but like, yeah, yeah. it's definitely also quite scary and exhilarating <laughs> at the same time. Definitely. That's the thing with finance advice too. It's like never a cookie cutter. Like you can't just do exactly what someone else is doing and expect to have the exact same things. It's always very specific to yourself. Like how much money you have, what your goals are, what your mentality is, how much of a risk take you are. There's so many factors you got to consider. So no, yeah, take everything you take with a grain of salt too. Exactly. Yeah. Even our this conversation. Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> entertainment. Finance can be entertaining too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Hopefully educational too. I, I mean, it's been very okay. educational for me thus far. So well, I'm, thank I'm very you. glad. I'm very glad. No worries. Yes. Now let's talk about our own personal experiences with money. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about, <laughs> how are you managing your like personal finances right now? And how do you feel about I guess the question is very broad, but um, yeah, is there anything you want to share? No, I know, I know what you're saying. It's like, yeah, uh, man, it, it, it was really when I first started university, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, and I don't think it was until this past uh, few months that I kind of have like a better long term vision of what's going to happen. Um, and, mm-hmm. and part of that has to do with like uh, just working on the job and realizing that like money doesn't just come out of thin air like it does come out of uh, some form of work and eventually my i would say my goal and i think a lot of people uh, for them it's going to work because achieving that point in life where you're going to work because you truly want to go to work and not because you need that paycheck to survive Uh, Mm -hmm. what i realized from that is that you want your investments and your savings and your investments to pay uh, for that. Like you need them, you need your money to work for you in the long run to be able yeah. to achieve that and not rely on your personal skill or labor to replace that. Um, wow. No. Cause like, if you think about it, right. I always think about this as uh, sometimes it's like, what if next tomorrow I broke my leg or I broke my arm and I can't do the job that I did. I'm at so much risk, right? Because everything I work for, all the education, at that point, it doesn't matter. But on the other hand, your investments, they don't have emotion, right? They grow or they or they decline based on the world, not because of you. So you want to detach right. that earning from yourself and make everything else just kind of work for you. And getting to that point is is personally my goal. Um, mm-hmm. One thing to do that is really just to keep track of your spending every month, make sure that you're saving, make sure that you're consistently investing. Uh, and mm-hmm. eventually, I think what you'll find is that 10, 20, 30 years down the line, eventually your investments will pay you more than your job. And at that point, wow. you've kind of achieved, I guess, freedom. Um, wow. There, like for all of the, I guess, more wealthy people from what I've researched, there's a really common theme to finance. Like it's not like a, there is a kind of like a right answer. And that answer is have real estate that pays you kind of investment income every month and also Mm -hmm. have a good portfolio of investments like the ones we talked about, index funds, um, stocks, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of what I've been thinking about. Obviously, I'm nowhere close to that. We both kind of just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. that's kind of like what I've been thinking about in, in the in the past few months now that we have a bit more downtime at home. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, the things that downtime does to you. You you come know, to some yeah. stuff. No, yeah. really, you really do. You really do. And also, it's I think like the like chasing this type of goal is also really good for self development, just because yeah. it makes you try to learn a lot of things that you probably wouldn't have to drive to learn otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely, and yeah. also knowing that all this learning is super worthwhile. Like this is this is investing in yourself, your life everything right exactly yeah because and i think if you if you have a good mentality overall like at some point it will come to you and i i firmly believe that i guess like achieving this this type of um like wealth or like freedom is mostly not luck it is it is like Mm. has to do with hard work and strategy as opposed to like some people believe that overnight you're just going to make it happen i really don't think that i really think it's accumulation of everything you've done so far and everything you're Mm -hmm. planning to do 100 percent. that's so well said nothing comes comes easy if you want something you gotta put in the work and the time to invest in it and put your time and resources and energy and your your mind in the right places right so So that's why i was so happy when i saw that you were starting like a podcast i was actually pretty inspirational (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) okay um yeah there's something else i was gonna say is like also just having an open mind about income like i think a lot of people think about finance just in terms of oh money coming in is just from like an hourly maybe like a day job or a part-time job Mm -hmm. when in reality there's so many different ways that you can earn money there's so many income streams right you have earned income which is your paid um your hourly job but then you've got your investments income which can eventually be a lot better you've got interest income dividend income wow. like rental income capital no, gains exactly. i mean i sound like a smart ass but i literally just googled this so i'm like reading it from <laughs> that sounds really good actually and, and, and it's and it's absolutely true i could not have said it better yeah so being aware of all these different opportunities that you can tap into and not being so narrow focused on just oh i have to work 10 hours a day to make money yeah right? no that's the thing yeah. like because for me personally I, I think this is more of like a maybe like more of a me thing but the fact that Um, in my current kind of jobs, I have to work like 12 to 14 hours a day. Like you realize how little free time you have and how, I guess in my, in my view, I don't want my whole life to be like that. And I'm willing, Mm -hmm. definitely willing to sacrifice some time to get there, to get to that point where I don't have to. Uh, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, like I, I think you, you realize that free time is so valuable and, and like the time, the phrase that time is money is like, is more like deep than, than it just sounds like, I guess. Oh my yeah, gosh. Exactly. Yeah. It's so deep. It gets deeper and deeper. The older we get, I, I, I realize, no, right? No, definitely. Cause that, that yeah. time is, is time spent with family and like time spent with friends, yeah. your loved ones. And like, that's almost priceless, right? Like how could you like pay a price mm-hmm. on that if you never yeah. had a single hour and you were just grinding Ooh. all day? exactly that's a lot of you know lost uh emotional money i guess that's totally that's so priceless i love that and now uh, i want to talk about a bit about how i manage my my money um i I don't think it's super interesting i think i'm very average or even just like below average in terms of paying attention to my finances (laughs) which is which is like kind of bad like i did budget for exchange because if i didn't budget i would have been literally bankrupt so yeah i just have one bank. i have <laughs> i go to one bank i go to td i have a credit card a debit card just updated my credit card which is good and i use the mint app for budgeting so the way i manage my personal finances is honestly it's probably the simplest that you can possibly get like when i spend money i check my phone i'm like okay i spent that much and then right. the next time i go out or i have an opportunity to spend money i'm just like very aware of it i'm like 
will this make me go over my intended monthly budget or not? And kind of making a good judgment about whether or not it's worth it spending this money and not just making impulse buys, which I definitely used to do. But now I'm a lot more aware of that. And it makes such a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just nice to kind of be more aware of where your money is going and see the money in your account grow. But also that leads to something very interesting that I that I realized recently about money is that it's not good to necessarily only focus on cutting back when you're saving money, but to focus a lot on actually investing and your actual income streams. Because at the end of the day, for example, if you go to a bank or sorry, not a bank, if you go to a restaurant and you decide not to order like a plate of chicken because you want to save $10, but then at the end of the day, you're still like, kind of just cruising by and doing your job and not really thinking about investing, you're definitely losing a lot more money by not putting your energy into where your money can grow, but uh, rather than just like saving that $10. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like, because $10, right? It's $10 that could potentially grow to 11, 12, or maybe even 20. Yeah. So true. Every time you buy like, you know, a $7 drink from Starbucks, like you have to imagine like in the long run, if you're doing that every day, it, definitely can make a quite a big impact actually right totally there's so many different approaches to it it's like never black and white but also no, at the sure. end of the day it's like money isn't everything either like like we said like no, kind of like time is money we just gotta like money isn't necessarily happiness like no. money can't buy happiness no. you can be the richest person in the world and still be like depressed but no. you can also just be like maybe not financially well but you have so many fulfilling relationships and friendships and yeah. that's all you need you know? uh, at the end of the day like yeah that really is all you need like every person has like a different like it's so it's so personal right some people say that they need a lot of money to be happy some people say mm. that they're very okay with just living modestly uh, and i yeah. think you have to kind of ask yourself honestly like what is your goal with that uh for me yeah. personally i just think the pursuit of money and like pursuing that freedom at some point is just so mm-hmm. rewarding it's it's like yes. it's more of the process like um chasing something that is out of reach at the moment it's a really mm-hmm. gratifying feeling because um i guess you're you're forcing yourself to grow in that sense um mm-hmm. and of course like growth is not just financial but i think the financial I guess drive leads to a lot of different things as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just yeah. That. yeah. I feel that exact same way. I feel really ambitious and excited when I think about reaching my financial goals and reaching financial freedom. Exactly, and then exactly. at the same time, I'm not sacrificing important time with my family or friends or my passions just to be so narrow focused on money. It's like everything has to be in balance in some way. So absolutely. And even to this day, I would never trade like family time or like uh, time with someone you really care about for that because I just don't think it's worth it. Right. Because at the Mm. end of the day, you're trying to get that freedom to be able to spend time with these people that you really care about. So um, at the end of the day, yeah, money definitely isn't everything. Um, But I do think that having that, comfort knowing that you don't have to work for necessity uh Mm -hmm. i think that's also a very priceless feeling as well 100 percent. couldn't have said it better myself all right that (laughs) that leads to the end of our episode are there any last words that you want to say before we say goodbye Ooh, well i wanted to ask um about 
your guilty spend? <laughs> what is something? Oh, that, what is something that you wanted to? What what's what's something that you would never be willing to give up spending money on, uh, even if it does cause you, I guess, <laughs> a bit of an issue. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, food, <laughs> but food? I feel like that's like a basic <laughs> answer. <laughs> like when I'm out true, and then I'm hungry, if I'm like, oh shit, like I'm just gonna walk into Tim Hortons and get a sandwich. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely Those are very food. Good, by the way, those are very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other things. Oh, I, I, woo, dude, I spent so much money on just like cameras. Like, I have this obsession yeah, was, with like. I had a feeling it was cameras, cameras for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, I just freaking love good cameras, and I just love having. It's it's just like solid, man, and I feel like it's a good investment because it's like when I have a camera, I can use it to capture so many good memories. So I think that oh, that is my guilty spend. That is my unique guilty spend. That is, yeah, that what is, about you? Oh, that's very good. Oh, I mean, my, yeah. mine is like, and anybody who knows me would probably like guess. Already. Oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it cars? Or yeah. Bikes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's literally the first two that came to oh, mind. Okay. Yeah, no, like, like part part of me, it's like ever since I was a child, I guess. Like my my dad showed bought me like a Hot Wheel, and it was like a. I think it was a Ferrari and a Lamborghini, and it was like a dollar something, right? But like, yeah. I I still have that to date. And I remember, like, my dad saying, like, yeah, that's one of the experiences that he's never been able to experience yet. Um, mm. And then from that day on, I was like, oh, hmm, what if maybe we can make it happen in this lifetime? Ooh. And it's something wow. that, like, I guess I would not be willing to, like, save money to not get it just because I feel like, then again, experiences matter a lot. And yeah. I think. Uh, the experience of getting something that you weren't able to achieve before that's probably that probably feels really good too um, totally so yeah having cars and bikes like uh hey. that's definitely gonna be a big guilty spend at some point <laughs> when i want to see you pull up in like a tesla with your sunglasses and oh yeah oh. i mean we were yeah, a friend imagine. that didn't manage to do that already <laughs> oh shoot that's true man what what kind of oh my god this is such a oh weird age you know even just it like is. being in our like we're both like 20 well i'm 22 you're turning 22 this year right yeah. Yeah. so at this age it's like there's some people that are still kind of like living paycheck to paycheck and maybe in a lot of student debt and stuff and oh, then and there's it's super other people. normal too right right yeah now, be in a lot of student normal. debt and live paid to totally pay to pay. we just started yeah totally but then it's there's like people that are pressure. killing it right so you get so much yeah. pressure you're like whoa 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 i'm not really doing anything um, yeah but yeah, yeah no i guess like we should both and then same with all the everyone listening it's like we shouldn't try to like chase other people's standards just like with everything mm-hmm. else just like with beauty Love just that. like with life like uh finances are the same way I think yes. it's great to be more transparent with it. Like I really agree with what Meg said before. It's like we have to be honest with ourselves and kind of understand at least the bigger picture. Um, but at the same time, there's no reason to chase like the biggest return just because you saw some other person do it. It's not something sure. that you should succumb to peer pressure. Mm, that's that's beautifully said. It's like again, doing things for the right reasons and going in with the right intentions and not for vanity purposes, not exactly. to just like be your other friend who's like a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Like you gotta find that perfect balance of like happy for you. Like whatever financial freedom looks like for you, your goals are gonna be different from my goals, gonna be different from Vittorio's goals. Like just yeah, 100%. money money at the end of the day it is your own money and you get to choose whatever you want to do with your money so very well said very well said. yeah could not agree more (laughs) okay well that's that's a perfect end to our episode thank you so much again for sharing so much like good advice like i I honestly learned a lot yeah Yeah. and i hope all the listeners did too 
yeah, yeah thank totally. you for for letting me be on it's it's been really fun yay of course woo. um if any of the listeners want to like woo, <laughs> want to like <laughs> yeah, i gotta have a tear in the end <laughs> if any listeners want to like uh reach out to you if they have more questions like is there anywhere that they can connect with you oh yeah um i guess you could connect with me on facebook um yeah it's just my name vittorio chiu or cool name. if you prefer oh thank you <laughs> and if you prefer- <laughs> like more professional i guess you could do linkedin but uh usually honestly i i honestly prefer facebook just because it's a more like personal platform i feel like linkedin it just feels way too commercial and if it's for anything other than job seeking i definitely prefer facebook okay perfect all right thanks everyone great thanks for listening (laughs) bye see you Wow, what an awesome and jam-packed episode. I'm so grateful to know friends like Vittorio who are not only amazing friends, but also so smart that I feel like I can just go to him for financial advice, you know? I hope you guys learned as much as I did in this conversation. And, you know, at the end of the day, whatever financial situation you're in, that is A-OK. We're all in our 20s. We're all just figuring it out. Anyways, thanks for listening and give us a follow on Instagram to stay up to date. And I will see you guys next Tuesday for episode 9. Bye!